Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Battleground Podcast. This is the podcast for Christian young men who are fighting for sexual integrity while living in a hypersexualized culture. I'm your host, Wesley Reinhardt, and this is episode 21, in which I have the distinct privilege of interviewing a good friend, a former teammate, and a brother in Christ, the man Nathan Walton. He'll share his sexual integrity journey and specifically why the church was so crucial. Hey, let's dive in. Hey, thank you for listening today. This is a big day. Uh, one, because we have a two-mic two studio here, uh, so we don't have to pass it back and forth, which is great. And two, because I have my good friend, Nathan Walton, in the studio with me. Nathan, thank you so How's much for going, being man? here. <laughs> I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Thrilled this is to be great. here I, with my own mic. Yeah, yeah. I feel privileged right now. Now, I have to tell you that the original guy I had for this week got sick and fell through. So you were the oh, runner-up. Wow. Okay. But I'm still so glad you're here. I, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> I will take what I can get. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're willing to jump into this. And uh, really... Like you and I have had quite the friendship history, especially when it comes to sexual integrity stuff. Like, yes. right when you got to college was about the time I was starting to learn that hey, other guys struggle with this too, and so that was uh, really as I was coming out of that like isolation cave, and I think you were too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, anyways, you are how old? I, I am 22 years of age. 22 years old. 22 and, right now. And right now, you are in the middle of what big thing? <laughs> I uh, Right now, I'm, I'm completing the West Virginia State Police Academy. So I just I, that's that's why my voice sounds shot right now. Okay. I've okay. just finished week one. Uh, out of how many? Out of 14. 14 so weeks. I'm, I'm pretty sleep deprived right now. Uh, oh, they didn't let you sleep very well? Not a whole lot. No, oh, okay. Two okay. to three hours a night. So was but, it like uh, like boot camp, essentially? Yeah, it's it's a paramilitary experience, and it it very much is demanding, and a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling. So uh, you have to report. It's Saturday right now. you got to report back tomorrow, is tomorrow what you said? Night. Tomorrow hmm. night. And okay. I'm, well... Thanks for spending 40 minutes of your sure. weekend with me. For sure, man. Um, Glad to do it. So, yeah, this is this is cool. We played soccer together in college. Go Warriors. Yeah. Back in the day, ran enough sprints together. That's and right. then uh, served at Alpine Bible Camp together. Woohoo. Yeah. As, yeah, camp counselors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and Dave, I don't miss the punishments that much. If you're out there listening, <laughs> glad we won't have to do that again. But yeah, um, we went through a lot. So that was a, a great time of life. <laughs> that was. Um, I, I still remember, actually, real quick. I still remember the, the faith run and, that, and that, that first night that we ran and we ran the mile and you completed it so quickly. Oh, and I dear. was struggling. That was... And you were the only person on the team who ran the rest of my laps with me. And you just kept saying, like, I don't keep even going, remember Nathan. that. Keep going, Nathan. And I was like, man, this guy is real good. <laughs> like, he just beat this thing in wow, like a wow. five-minute mile, and he's running with me. I was like, man, I needed this. That I must really have been this. some shape back then. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> Pre-children, we, pre-college. But now you're yeah. the one going through boot camp, and oh, you're doing yeah, all that. man. The, so you could, you could take me around the block right now. <laughs> uh, um, and that would probably be really good for me, actually. Uh, anyway, so 
Glad you're here, like I said. And let's let's go back to kick off the conversation and talk about just growing up. And, and I've shared some of this in previous episodes for me, but I think it's good for all of us to hear some other guys' stories and their journeys, even from before puberty <laughs> and, yeah. and first exposure, first figuring out what is sex, why do I have a penis, all of this. Um, and, and to realizing, okay, God's plan for my sexuality, that whole yeah. growth process. So, yeah. um, yeah, share a little bit, like when were you first exposed to porn or, or when did you first realize, okay, I have a, a sexual capacity that, that has stronger. Just tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well sadly today that age is getting earlier and earlier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and I was, you know, kind of on the forefront of the technology age. and But I was still in that generation of parents who didn't want their kids to have cell phones. Yeah. So I see kids in like, in elementary <laughs> school walking around with cell phones and I'm thinking, I, I can't imagine what they're being exposed to. But for me, it was the the public school culture, even though I was homeschooled K through 12, I played a lot of sports. I, I played in the band. I played a lot of music. I took some classes at the school. And so for me, it was just like locker room talk. And yeah. that, that began at middle school, you know, yeah. obviously a, a lot of things are changing and, yep. and you get 20 middle school guys in the what same What a time room, of life. What and, a time of life. And it can only be bad. It can only be bad. So that, that was the first time that that can of worms was being opened and opened completely yeah, away yeah. from the family dynamic, completely away <clears> from <throat> church probably the places that it should be safely opened. and So your first sex ed was coming from other guys your age uh, and, and the public school setting. Right. Yeah, yeah. People who would use, and I like how you said God's plan for our sexual capacity, mm -hmm. because he does have a plan for that. And it's taken me Thank a goodness. lot of yeah. years. It's yeah. taken me a lot of years <laughs> to actually figure that out and actually be able to look forward to that because you – you know, those unsaved guys, they're just seeing this as a me thing. This mm -hmm. is so exciting for mm -hmm. me, me, me. Mm -hmm. And you you build this mindset that that it is all about you, and, and that's not how God has designed it. Um, so that just can, can torch your whole entire understanding of sex. And uh, through years of abuse, it, it almost destroys it. And you yeah. need your yeah. mind renewed yeah. to even look at it in a, <laughs> right. in right. any half good and if, way. And if you grew up in a, a conservative Christian circle, then most of your sex ed coming from the church was just don't, 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 yes. or don't talk about it at right. all, nothing at all. And, and that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't give you a clear way out of the forest. Um, right. Uh, yeah. That's just, that's difficult. So, and I, it was the same thing for me. Um, I, I I mean I was fortunate enough to have parents who cared and mm. and I can remember several direct conversations that were good but even then even before those I can remember being curious about all these things very naturally and yeah. it's kind of the same thing um, middle school buddies they were the ones that first told me about masturbation and man this feeling that you could get and it was like oh okay well <laughs> yeah um so that's that's was there was there anyone from church or or any good place talking to you about your sex drive or, or using any of these words? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Uh, I would say 
you know, I my my particular story is I, I grew up in a pastor's home, so I, I grew up going to church all the time. But an important thing to know is is that I was unregenerate for the majority of my growing up years, right? I I had not I had not actually decided to give my life over to Christ. So mm-hmm. I I had some good Christian parenting and dis- and discipling, yeah. But falling, you know, on rocks, it, it it wasn't it wasn't taking taking any sort of effect in my heart. So there is that aspect, but I I don't remember ever hearing my my dad preach on it. But I also want to kind of put a side note and say I never really paid attention to the messages <laughs> either, you know. And the same thing with Sunday school, we never talked about it. Yeah, I never yeah. recall a single Sunday school teacher bringing anything like that up and especially in mixed company that's difficult to cover but even at home my family situation we we never really talked a ton about spiritual things in in detail yeah it it was mainly just my parents encouraging us to pray encouraging us to read our bible and letting us take control of our spiritual mm-hmm. life and growth mm-hmm. but i had no interest in it yeah. So yeah. that that never took place, and I really, I can't remember ever talking with a good Christian influence <laughs> about sex at all. And yeah, yeah. Looking back, I wish I was different. I wish yeah. I was very yeah. different. And uh, like, on a big level, who could have seen of of our parents' generation the smartphone boom in two thousand eight coming out, right? And internet porn, you know, again in the last fifteen years, so. I, I like to say this generation or us, we were we went through a really weird time when it came to yes. to sexual integrity and the availability of sexual sin that I agree. Probably won't there's not gonna be as big of a change for a long time, I would guess, but who really knows? Yeah. Um so that's that's huge. The receiving sex ed from the wrong <laughs> the yeah. wrong sources and then not getting it from the Christian source, and I think that's too many of our stories. Um but Thank God that the stories didn't end there. So uh, let's talk a little bit about college then. Um, I, I mean, I'm assuming, is there anything, any big events or defining moments in your high school years that you can remember with dealing with sexual integrity? Um, I, I would say the biggest thing would, would be when I, when I did come to Christ um, right before my senior year of high school. And that was definitely, I, I when I'm sharing my testimony with people, um, you know, it's kind of confusing because, like, when I grew up, I always thought I was a Christian. I grew up in a Christian home. Yeah. I was a pastor's yeah. kid. I went to church. I thought that's what it meant to be a Christian. Right. So I, I always told people I was a Christian. But at that time when I was saved and and how I can t- point people back to that moment and say, yeah, I know I was saved because all of a sudden there was guilt for sin. Hmm. All of a sudden there was a recognition like, whoa, this is bad. Hmm. And not, you know, bad before was, you know, I'm going to get caught, get in trouble, get grounded, lose my phone or something. All of a sudden it's like, there's someone watching me. My creator is looking at me, has said this is wrong and I'm, I'm doing it against him, Mm -hmm. not just my parents. So that was, that was a (laughs) huge huge. defining moment. (laughs) And like the Holy Spirit kicking me in the butt was, was definitely (laughs) one of the biggest new experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It, it is. It is serious. So, so then guilt for sexual sin. I'm assuming is is what you're saying. That that yes. followed up. Yes. Um, so, 
so then I can, man, I, I might even have a screenshot of our first text message saved somewhere. <laughs> um, but it was that summer I had traveled on the music team with my good friend Luke. And like, that was the first time I'd ever had accountability seriously with the, uh, with the masturbation issue. And, and that was the first time I went longer than a month since I was yeah. like 13, yeah. um, which, which was such incredible, uh, just weight lifted off. Cause it was like, mm. Oh, this is, <laughs> this doesn't have to throw me in the pit every week. You know, yeah. there's, there's victory out there. And, and that was so freeing. Um, so I came off at like a two month time of freedom and sobriety. And then there was that space right in between, you know, your summer ministry and then the beginning of college, which for us, it was preseason for soccer. And, and that is like a characteristically low spiritual time most of the time. And, and I remember I, I fell, I masturbated then, but then, you know, kind of remembered everything I had just learned that, you know, God loves me and, and his grace and forgiveness is there and get back up and keep going. It's not as if, you know, one more sin has put me out of his favor forever. So I, I just remember going into that preseason, like, all right, I'm ready to fight the sin with all these guys. We're going to be together for three hours a day. Let's talk about it. Let's use, let's use real words and (laughs) and not just say don't. Um, And so then enter, enter the man, Nathan Walton. Uh, What were, yeah. What are some of your memories either, either from before that or going into that semester? I mean, that was a, that was a big time. (laughs) I, I remember, um, that, that was, uh, go, going to college w- was something that I, I knew that I like knew nothing about being a Christian. I was very self-aware of that, hmm. that I had gone all these years tricking myself into thinking it. And one of the things that attracted me to ABC Appalachian Bible college was when I came to preview, I noticed that there were a lot of people who were actually practically living out like what they were learning in their Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And so shout out to, to Dylan Dank and Caleb Chapman. <laughs> nice. Two nice, G's good, who, good. who walked me around campus and, and showed me around and treated me like they appreciated me, like they cared about me. Mm-hmm. And these are like juniors in college and I'm a senior in high school. And I'm thinking to myself, man, these guys should th- like be snobs to me. Like, why would they be kind to a little old me? You know? And, they were just genuinely kind. And so I, I started seeing some practical things on my visit. Like these people actually read their Bible. They read it with intent and they actually think about how they can apply it. And I thought, man, I want to go to college to play soccer. And I see they have a soccer team and I could probably really learn something about, uh, about being a Christian here. So I, I'm going to give this a shot. Nice. But good uh, on my and you know you know I was not disappointed with either of those things you know <laughs> our soccer team was such that oh my the tryouts were an examination of both your legs <laughs> and if if you could walk you made the team that's <laughs> right if you were still breathing by the end of the week yeah you yeah. got a jersey you're on you're on so, what a time um, yeah. so I you know we had a a couple good talks I mean I can. Again, I can remember talking with you, talking with uh, Colin, and it was like, like just opening this door to a part of our lives that that we just hadn't talked about through like our developmental years. Um, yeah, and and like I just I think that's incredible. Is the moment where a young man can bring can bring their sin into the light, um, 
and and I know Satan hates that because the isolation is a is is flammable. Yeah. You know, it it right. just makes it grow. Um, so that stuff gets me excited no matter what. But yeah. uh, then we we started meeting for breakfast. I don't know if you, yes. you remember that. There was yes. a, a few of us and I immature in a lot of ways, but still like kind of this young and organic like yeah guys here we go let's fight sin let's yes. kill this you know yes. and and getting hyped about going 10 days and, and then trying to get 20 days and the yeah. focus on the days maybe wasn't the best thing um <laughs> yeah yeah but anyways when we were the, all together <laughs> the the tactics were a little slippery you know but uh but the heart was there and yeah, and I, yeah. The, i'll tell you real quick the the thought that was going through my mind when i showed up for preseason we'd have like an hour devotion after lunch and they asked or our coach would ask us uh different guys to share a little devotional and he asked you Mm -hmm. lord should ask Mm -hmm. you to share devotional and you took the whole time to talk about sexual sin oh that's right kind of prompt guys (laughs) to to talk about it yeah yeah and i remember going to bible college and thinking like man this is gonna be tough like i'm gonna have to fight this all on my own and stuff we sat down there and i if I can remember correctly, this is the chronology of how it happened. You said, okay, everybody raise your hand if you've ever masturbated before. And and I was shocked, and I was about to, like, shrivel up. And I, I'm telling you, Wesley, I fully believed in my heart in that moment that I was going to be the only person in the room about to raise their hand. And so, you know, it's like that group mentality. I didn't. Because I, I didn't, you know, want to be the first guy. Right. And all of a sudden, everyone in the room raised their hand. And I thought to myself, holy cow, there's no way. There are other guys that are genuinely, like, willing to admit they struggle with this. So I raised my hand. We had that whole devotional. You shared scripture with us. You challenged us to take it seriously, to fight it. And then you you also mentioned, like, if you're interested in talking more about it, just get a hold of me sometime. So I remember reaching out to you and saying like, "Hey man, like that I'm really interested in that. Like, you know, you mentioned about getting together sometime for breakfast, and I actually thought it was only going to be you and me at breakfast." <laughs> <laughs> and when I showed up the next morning, I, it just makes me laugh still. There's like five of us little college kids all around yeah, this table yeah. quietly whispering <laughs> about like, "Okay, so we were, you know, we're in a public area, we're yeah, just going to kind of whisper oh, around our breakfast." <laughs> But that was very influential. Yeah, praise and, God. Good. And there is there is something about being able to confess your sin before mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. that that really just when you're you're willing to expose your heart before the Lord is really is, you know, when when you're beginning to to open up to have your heart changed. Yeah. Because when yeah. you're not willing to pray, when you're not willing to confess with your mouth, um, then you're you're hard hearted, you're 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 not gonna make much yeah, ground. Yeah, yeah. Whatever tactics you have one, lined uh, up. Yeah, <laughs> one. See, I don't I don't remember doing the raise your hand thing, but I I, I do I remember. I very distinctly remember that. <laughs> I remember that as soon as I said the word <laughs> masturbation, like like early on in the conversation, this girl like we're out in the student lounge. Yes. And this girl walks up the steps and like walks right that. by us, and I yeah. had to just like stop. <laughs> Stop everything because I didn't want to. But uh, I forgot about that too. Anyways, that was uh, that was funny. So, and I, 
man, that's one thing I love about Bible college too, is just being together with guys and, and the camaraderie was, uh, was pretty incredible. So that was, I think that was, it was big in my life and I think it was big in your life too. Just the having some sort of accountability for the first time. And I know I, I wouldn't have been able to articulate it then, but the, the James five about confess to one another and pray for each other that you may be healed. Mm. Um, and, and there is such incredible healing that comes from putting your sin before another believer yes. and, and then going to God about it. And, mm. and there's just, yeah, it's healing that comes from that. So that's good. Um, what a time of growth for, for all of us. But then I, yeah, I think for the both of us, it was go for half a year or something sometime after that initial burst. And then it was back into the same sin. And I, for me the the group kind of broke up after that first year or it wasn't the yes <laughs> it wasn't the same and eventually it, no. i got a girlfriend and and guys <laughs> moved on and yeah. you know so college wasn't it's not a forever thing and we don't really not. know what to do with it but um so i you know i i remember falling back in then with some regularity uh so tell me after that after that time of super intense uh <laughs> you know, camaraderie with, with Christian guys and then leaving the Bible college scene. Um, where did that take you? Where did you end up on, on your fight for sexual integrity? Yeah, well, it's, it's slightly different for me because I was in college during the the COVID, you know, Oh yeah. Issues. So when, uh, that happened in March, our school, like everywhere else moved to online. So I, I stayed in Beckley, where the school is, because I had a local church I had just become a formal member of okay. and had just been baptized into that church, actually. Shout out DBC. And so, shout out Carl Dingus, <laughs> shout out Dingus Bible Church, uh, phenomenal place to grow. Yeah. And so, I, I knew I had a whole new church family, and I, I, I knew that I wanted to be a part of that, I wanted to be committed to it. I, I wanted to be there and not just heading back to live with my parents and being, you know, confined with them well after having just found an apartment to settle down and gotten a full-time job um that would last through you know an essential worker last through the epic yep, the pandemic yep. and all um then churches decided that they would go online so i'm like well great now i'm living with one other guy alone in a house working full-time job um what is this but um yeah, so I I ended up moving permanently off campus to a house um, that I, I began renting with my best friend from college. Shout out to Lucas Hughes, and so he and I We're doing a, a lot of a shout outs lot today. Of shout outs, <laughs> a lot. So he and I had room together in college, and um, we got a house in Beckley together. I found another job that would be flexible with my school load and. I had a really light senior year, so I, I could work full time, forty hours a week, and still finish all my classes. Mm. So that felt like leaving college to me. Yeah, because yeah. I would actually see my own senior classmates, and they would say, "Oh, what are you doing back in town?" And, I, and I'd be like, "Well, I'm still in class with you today at at one thirty. I'll, I'll see you there, you know." And uh, so I was very disconnected, and that was that was a good transition. Because I was still in school, I was still having the Bible college, you know, being poured into me. 
But one of the, I mean, there are a lot of pros and cons, and you could do a whole episode on pros and cons of, of Bible college and, you know, it's just so many aspects. Right. But but one of maybe the cons of living on the campus itself is that your whole life is wrapped up into just being there at the school and not so much about being in the community, mm-hmm. being, mm-hmm. you know, in in what is real life, yeah. you know? Yeah, it can be a bubble for so sure. So I, I had my own house. I had my own neighbors, you know, unsafe neighbors that, you know, I would get to interact with and talk with and build relationships mm-hmm. with. Um, I had to meet people in the community because I've got to buy all my own groceries. I've mm-hmm. got to do all mm-hmm. my own. I don't have so much of a support right. system. Right. So that, that pushed me away from the maybe some of the comforts or conveniences. And, you know, whereas I'm so far from my parents, I don't necessarily have the school to help me. I need someone to help me. So I ended up just really going to my church a lot yeah, and, and yeah, asking people, God. like, where can I go to do this? Like, and, and through that process, it was a really smooth transition because my church just picked up its own natural role and began helping me yeah. and began teaching me how to grow and <laughs> grow up into a man, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so for, for me, I kind of lucked out. Because I I understand and I feel for the people who graduate and then just feel like their life is nothing because yeah. college is such a high yeah and it's so much fun mm-hmm. and then you've got to wake up the next day and face the reality of that's over with yeah that's done. yeah and I yeah. still miss it a lot yeah I, I still miss I, all yeah, my I friends felt some of that too there's just kind of that like you're living so high on the hog for so long you got close friends you got experiences coming and then. <laughs> And then you like shoot out of the bubble (laughs) and you're like, okay, I can't, I'm not going to a hotel this weekend to play soccer and hang out with my buddies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And maybe to kind of answer your question better, um, as far as sexuality goes, um, that was really hard too, but it, you know, to kind of follow along with what I said before about having support and help with my sexual integrity I'm now, think about it, just wrap your mind around this. I'm living now as like a, what, 21-year-old guy in a house by myself. I have another roommate who has a different work schedule. We didn't see each other that much. I have my own room, my own bathroom. There's no one else around. There's no RA, dean of men living, you know, on the campus. I am by myself with my own internet, no blockers. Like, here I am. I can do whatever the heck I want with no accountability. And so the other thing is, you know, I don't have Bible college classes in my home. So Mm -hmm. when I come home, the motivation to sit down and read my Bible is just hard after work. Yeah. So I really kind of realized like, man, this is like, this is tough, but this is where the rubber meets the road. And I've actually really got to take my Bible studies seriously, my prayer life seriously, my sexual integrity, because there's no one watching. Yeah, there's no, and that scared me. But just like I was, you know, asking people where the best place to buy peanut butter was, or different things like that, I also kind of realized, like, well, there's some pretty good men in my church. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of want to start building relationships with them. Yeah, and yeah. just you know, maybe not so blatantly saying like, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this, but just ask for prayer, and yeah. you know. I was very timid at first to start opening up about that because it, it's easier 
when a bunch of college guys all your age who are all just kind of the same immature level are all like, man, yeah, we're all really bad at this kind of thing. It's different when there's a very respectable man in your church with like five kids and a a godly marriage. (laughs) And you're trying to tell him like, hey, like, like. I'm really struggling with this, you yeah, know, because yeah. you kind of think, oh, they're going to look down on you or something. That is that is not the case. But that was a good transition out of college for me was that, that whole COVID thing and kind of commuting my last year helped to smoothly push me into the, lo- into the local church. And I, I kind of regretted commuting my senior year because I missed – Mm-hmm. Just being with my mm-hmm. friends, mm-hmm. I missed having spiritual conversations in the dorms. Mm-hmm. I, I missed just being able to stop and pray with friends of mine, mm-hmm. or even the difference of you know being able to walk one door down, right, and right. you know pray with someone or yeah. share something yeah, as opposed huge. to drive twenty minutes mm-hmm. just to talk with someone. Mm-hmm. And so. and living by yourself too doesn't. <laughs> That just doesn't help. It it does not. It does <laughs> or, not. Or practically by yourself. So it does not. The uh, kind of the post college then struggling again with with porn and masturbation. The and the local church being there. How did you? How did you get connected to to any source of help or or anyone that could help in the church? Yeah. Um. This is uh. This is probably a really important thing um but it's also a really tough thing for people to do is to be the one who initiates yeah because the helper never wants to initiate things they always rarely helped and so i i feel for that because i was there and i convinced myself ah it's just not that important to go find help it's just not that important or I'm doing good enough. I'll just keep trying and see if I can get better. And so, you know, to to really be transparent, the thing that pushed me to finally say, no, I've got to fight this, was um, while I was commuting and, and I knew I had to be proactive, so I was being proactive. Also, working 40 hours a week and taking classes, you don't have time for many things. Yeah. And you're tired. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, people... People use that as a an actual practice is just being busy. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that that doesn't work on your heart. Yeah. You know, so it's it's kind of more of a habit change than a heart change tactic. And yeah. so for for quite a few months, like you like you were saying before, like I was on that high of, man, it's been so long since mm-hmm. I've fallen into this. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was feeling good and, and I thought, man, I've been out of it so long, I'll never go back. I I'll never go back to pornography. I'm I'm good. And then where where you really see how much you've actually spiritually grown is when issues or disappointments or tough situations come up that mm-hmm. really test rattle the cage. It really it does. It it tests your, your spirituality and your perseverance and your faith. And I I had a, a situation come up around Christmas time of my senior year. That it was a, a familial uh, situation, and and it, it really did break me down. It made me very upset. Mm. Um, and so the way that I dealt with that anger and with that grief was I immediately, like like someone had flipped on a light, just dove straight back into pornography like mm. it was nothing. Yeah. And 
for about a few weeks, I, I never thought about it. I I knew in my heart, like, man, I've I've got to think about what I'm doing right now. Yeah. But I, I was so consumed with bitterness and upset uh, feelings that I just kept pushing through it, doing my own thing, was fighting. And then finally, you know, by by God's grace, the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit is probably hmm. the greatest blessing. <laughs> I mean, it really is. because Not in the moment, but... <laughs> it is not. <laughs> because... I love reading the word because you are receiving grace and you're just, you're soaking up God's grace directly at the source. Mm-hmm. But when I don't want to read my Bible, the Holy Spirit is there to kick me yeah. and, and make me realize, come on, man, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. So I, I finally had a moment where I, I was just in tears and, and I knew that I I could not lie to God like this anymore. And so I thought about what I was doing. I thought about how quickly I went back to it, and I was broken by it. And in that moment, I I said, okay, like, you know, and it's a common thing for guys to say, but, you know, this is it. This is the last time. I've got to get through it. But I kind of realized, like, you know, with all the weight and the pressures of living here by myself and and not being connected with school, I thought, it's the church or nothing. Like, I don't have much else here. Yeah. I was living 16 hours away from home right. and I can't just right. drive home for the weekend to see my parents. And so I, uh, <clears throat> I, I knew that it had to be me to initiate. Um, I knew that was going to be really tough and I'll, I'll just be totally honest. It was one of the toughest things I had to do was go into church on a Sunday morning <laughs> And be like, all right, I I know. Where's I the lucky guy? Where's Where's the guy I'm gonna go dump all this on? You know. Yep. yep. And thankfully, by God's grace, Daniel's Bible Church, shout out again, is such a <laughs> such a healthy place to grow. And a lot of our men, this is one of the reasons that I I cherish being a member there, is a lot of our men are dedicated to men's ministry, are dedicated to growing together, to reading the Bible together, studying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have Wednesday night Bible classes where we read verse by verse and break it down, and our men are open with each other, yeah. willing to yeah. talk about issues in their lives. Yeah. So it was just a matter of, who am I going to yeah. dump this on? Yeah. Yeah. Who am I going to okay. dump this on? So let me, let me pause you there. <laughs> um, a couple things. One, the... Just being able to look at yourself and see, okay, it was this really difficult family situation that I instantly turned to this escape. And uh, like, there's dozens of escapes, but we all know that sexual pleasure is one, <laughs> one yeah. that's always there and so easy. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think that's that's a huge step of growth for any of us is is to know our triggers and know the times that drive us to an escape, and and as we grow, we don't run to, you know, foolish pleasures. We run to yeah. the one who says, I will give you rest, you know. Yeah, amen. <laughs> um, amen. But that's, yeah, that's one thing is just knowing sometimes porn is more than lust or or yes. just being sexually aroused. You know, yes. our, our emotions um, play a, a big part of it. So, so having the practice of going to God. Uh, two, the, yeah, having men. And the local church, <laughs> that's that's big. Um, so you said you did some counseling there, um, and about you know how long did you meet with the guy intensely for, for just this this area? Yeah, um, 
so I, I did. I, I found um, someone in the church, and I, I knew it had to be someone mature, had to be someone who was living a godly example in our church. Um, one of the downfalls of accountability can be finding someone who also is in the boat with no paddle. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that that doesn't always help, right? Yep. So I, I, you know, but like I said before, the men in our church are, are honest and open, and they're not oblivious to the fact that they have sinful hearts. And and he didn't, uh, the guy you talked to, he didn't go right into porn session one. Um, you said he did something a little different those first three sessions. So what was yes. <laughs> yes. what was his orientation? You yeah. know, where did he begin? Uh, yeah. the discussion. So yeah, we did we did four months of counseling. We we met two to three times a week, um, and then about <clears throat> three months in, we were meeting every other week for two to three times a week, and he began. The the first three sessions, we never even touched on pornography. We never touched on masturbation. We talked nothing about sex, and I and I kept thinking the whole time, like, does he remember why I came to talk to him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but he was very mature about how he handled and upheld the integrity of talking about sex, which mm-hmm. I I still appreciate a lot. Mm-hmm. But he just began with, okay, you know, what do you think of pride? Like, how are you prideful? In what ways do you get disappointed? In what ways does that disappointment become anger? Like, when was the last hmm. time you were angry? When, you know, when do you become hateful? In what ways do you become hateful? You know, um, what are your limits? What what pushes you over the edge? And we we just talked a lot about sin in general and how that affects our relationship with God. We we never dove into sex for a while, and when we did. <clears throat> he he just challenged me. He said, okay, before we get into counseling on the topic of pornography, he just asked me, you know, I, I want to know, are you serious about fighting this the rest of your life? And I'm like, well, I'm confused by his question. I'm like, I, I'm like no, I want to get over this. What are you talking about? And he said, listen, Nathan, like you can become the most sexually pure you know, person in the whole world and then become the most hateful husband someday. Mm. He said, if you are not aiming to fight sin in every area of your life, you're fighting half of a battle and you're not actually fighting the command that God has given us, which is be holy as I am holy. We are fighting this well-rounded battle of becoming holy. Yeah. And it entails every sin, the ones we don't think that we struggle with, but everybody else sees that we do, yeah. you know? And, and, yeah. and so he challenged me that I don't want you to start, you know, to, to start focusing so much on this and micromanaging it that you forget yeah. that at, at your yeah. very nature, you are just so <laughs> depraved and wicked that you will find any way yeah. to get your yeah. way. And obviously there, there are a lot of, reasons people go to pornography like you said not just lust and he said it it would be a shame if you were going to lust you know because you just wanted things your way yeah and then you you got rid of pornography but you became the most murderous person in your heart so he was he's calling you into christian manhood yes and not just the porn free life (laughs) exactly which is all that i knew to that point yeah yeah and it it is I mean, goodness, this is a sexual integrity podcast, so it can't sound like a, 
okay, here's just why you need to change this behavior or eliminate yeah. this behavior. But right. the, the whole point is that um, you are you are growing holistically toward Christ. Yes. Um, and, and that's where the the fight against any sexual sin needs to find its its root and sanctification um being holy you know being being a man like you said so that's yeah that's all good um and and i i find some encouragement in that too knowing that it's like it's like a car i mean there might be one part that's malfunctioning but there's a lot more there. There's more to yes. life than <laughs> yes, than than just how you're doing sexually. And and Satan would love to to point at that and say, "Oh, look, you're failing there," which means you're a failure. You know that right. that's it. But you know, you look to God, look at the life He's given you, the grace yeah. He gives you, um, and and see a bigger picture. That's all. Yeah, that's all good. Okay, so last question before we we wrap up here. Why? Why is a young man's involvement in church so important? You know, why why then do you believe in the older men, younger men, all being together, yeah. church men? Why do we need that? Go. Yeah. yeah, we need it. We we need it so much. Um I'll I'll say two things. Um one, because that is God's pattern that he has already set out for us. So we receive God's grace, God's way, hmm. and we we have to we have to choose to not try to sidestep from the manner in which God has said you will grow this way. You know, hmm. you will receive my grace. You know, through the Word of God, you, yeah. you must be yeah. dedicated to the Word and to prayer. We can't back away from that and shy. And it is it is not you know the path of least resistance. It it's challenging. It is really uh, humbling. But my church isn't perfect. There's you don't know my church. Oh, get out of here! I don't want to hear it. <laughs> You're not perfect, and, right? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, you you need to be in a healthy church. That that is an important thing. Um, but but uh, it could be you. But yeah, we we need to we need to focus. We need to focus on listening and 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 focusing on how God's word says that we will be growing and maturing and he has given the local church as that direct source mm. so we refuse that direct source you know there are substitutes and 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 they just don't make up for it like yeah. we talked about yeah. college accountability those have so many pros that can come with it but it's not the sustainable way that yeah. God college is not the church for it. exactly <laughs> So the the second reason would just be the the church is so important for that because if you're going to fight a holy fight then you have to be prepared for the rest of your life and again in the way that God has planned for it you're going to be fighting the rest of your life for sanctification mm-hmm. and so you really need the community of yeah. the church, yeah. other and people. the church should be there for your whole life. <laughs> they, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, if you're not there for your Good. whole life, then there Good. is an issue. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Okay, well, as we normally do, we close out with a verse and a quick challenge. So, do you have a, a quick verse for the brothers out there in, in the podcast land? <laughs> I, I do. I do. This is probably my favorite life verse right now. Um. It is James 1, 2, and 3. Um, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, 
whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And I love that verse because the first command is to count it joy, pure joy. And we hate, we absolutely loathe our sin, which is a good thing. But what we ought to love is that God is loving us and and pushing us to grow, that there is a purpose for all of our our struggles to bring us closer to him. I, I, I forget the Puritan and, and I hate that, but I love the Puritans. Puritan. But I, are, I, are you reformed? I don't even ask me that. <laughs> Not on this podcast. Um, but I love, I love the quote and I'm pretty sure it's John Bunyan, but don't hold me to it. Who said, you know, I have, I have come to learn, uh, to kiss the wave that dashes me across the rocks of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we love, you know, in a in a bittersweet way, the the things that push us towards Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we must love the whole thing from the very beginning through the fact that God will use that to bring perseverance. So we mm-hmm. we don't just fret when we fall into sin. We 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 confess with our mouth. We are reminded of our salvation. And then with pure joy, we are just excited to continue persevering. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. sweet. The trying of our faith works patience. All good stuff. Hey, Walton, thank you for being on the podcast today. Absolutely, Wesley. <laughs> this has been awesome. Uh, this is what I... these Just these conversations about sexual integrity journeys this is what i i wanted for this podcast so i'm i'm hyped that you are the first uh where we could just exchange stories talk about god's goodness yeah um hey if you're out there listening and you've made it this far 45 minutes in thank you for listening i hope that these stories have been an encouragement to you i hope that you will walk away a little challenged maybe it's just to initiate a conversation get something in the light um, be more connected to your church, any of that. I, I, I hope that it's been encouraging to you. Uh, if it has, uh, shoot me a text or a Facebook message, or the man Walton a text or a Facebook message. It. Do it. Um, like, share, subscribe, you know, all that other internet stuff, and uh, share with someone else. If that, that could be a way to open up a, a conversation that could be healthy for you. So thank you for tuning in today. Until next time, keep fighting.